happening Rotobonders how you doing out there Pete Davidson here sorry for the uh, delay since our last episode but I have had uh, as I said on Twitter yesterday my head has been under the hood as long as the power and the internet have been working uh, I've been at my desk grinding rankings working on the 500 converting the individual position rankings that I started posting a while back uh, into uh, the Rotobond 500 style rankings that uh, our returning uh, readers know all about um, so just for those of you who's never who've never really used it before, uh, real briefly, um, and this is the quarterback podcast, by the way, but um, just real quick on the 500, it's something usually every day, sometimes more than once a day, uh, sometimes three, four, five times a day, depending on what's going down, I will update these rankings. Now, if, if nothing happens on a particular day that really moves anything, the rankings may not get updated on a particular day. But by and large, I try to, you know, mess around, make some adjustments. When you're dealing with 500 players, it's easy to miss some things um, You know, on each update. I mean, you cannot look at 500 individual players, obviously, in a day. Um, now, who am I kidding? I mean, we're not... The Rotobine 500 is sort of a fun thing. It's really my database. Um, once you get past the mid-300s, a lot of these players are not particularly relevant unless they're, uh, you know, a series of injuries. Um, but... You know, it's nice to have the full database going. Um, and for those of us who play in Dynasty and in really big leagues, and for those of us who like to jog, you know, if, if you download the spreadsheet and you jog by position and then team, you have a really nice fantasy depth chart to look at. And that's really my primary thing with my database is I like to jog that way by position and then by team. Um, and it, you know, it gives me that team perspective. Um, when I'm looking at all the position groups from a particular team, where they're ranked in my rankings universally and positionally. Um, so, you know, if you like to play with a spreadsheet, I strongly suggest just downloading that CSV or the Excel version. Uh, if anybody wants a Mac numbers version, I can help them out on that. Um, so let's get into these quarterbacks. These uh, four podcasts, the positional podcasts, when you put them all together, they're basically going to be the Rotobon draft plan uh, for this year. Um, and with quarterbacks... You know, I we had the waiting for my man uh, intro. I didn't do like nine songs mashed together like I did for you guys last year. Um, and you know, look, last year I was so committed to waiting. I really wanted you guys to wait so you could get in on you know uh, Lamar Jackson, Kyler Murray, the guys who I thought were going to be available later on. And again, you know, if you'd missed those guys, there were so many good options after. Uh, this year is not too dissimilar. Unfortunately, a lot of the uh, the running quarterbacks have moved up. Um, Let's just get into these quarterbacks real quick because I don't want this to be a long podcast. I know um, that some of you guys are going to want to listen to all four, and it's important that it doesn't take like ten hours. Um, so let's let's get right into the nuts and bolts of these quarterbacks. Um, Pat Mahomes and Lamar Jackson share the top tier. Um, you take them what or whatever order feels good to you. I'm Mahomes, then Lamar, but it's close. Okay. Um, the thing I like about Mahomes is I just feel like he's a little bit knock on wood, uh, less likely to get hurt just because he doesn't put his body in harm's way quite as much. Uh, of course, Mahomes is the one who did get dinged up last year, so you never know with this stuff. Um, and again, I've got these guys separated by hair. 
pretty much the only time I've jumped at either one of them all year is when they slip into the fourth. Um, if I'm in good shape and I like what I'm doing and I've got at least two running backs and one of these guys slips into the fourth, I might do it. I really might. Um, and, and look, there are other scenarios. If you are in, forgive the expression, but a really low-end league, okay, and you're seeing just donkey picks all the way through the third round, guys who belong in the fifth going in the third, hometown players, that kind of thing. All right, well, this is an indication that players are going to be on the board too long, you know, through rounds four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. In a draft like that, since the player you would normally take in the third may be available for you in the fourth or someone similar, in a situation like that, you might jump out of order. You know, what the heck? I'm not going to be able to trade for these guys in a league like this. Maybe I'll take Mahomes or Lamar mid to late third because I can already see that guys who I would normally be taking this round are coming back next round and I can get fourth rounders in the fifth and so on and so forth, okay? But for me, it really needs to be that kind of scenario or I'm going to hold tight because the drafts I play in, everybody's really good, everybody's really smart, people don't reach, and those quarterbacks stay on the board. And sometimes... Uh, you know, and again, my t my first tier is about six guys. It's got a mini tier up top with Mahomes and Jackson, but Kyler, Dak, Russell Wilson, and Deshaun. These guys are elite, and they're getting into the sixth round and seventh round sometimes. It's rare. Seventh round is sort of rare. I admit that. Um, I wouldn't jump in any of those second tier, first tier, if you will, uh, guys until I'm settled. Okay, so. Kyler's the one I'm targeting, right? I, nothing against Dak or Russ or Deshaun. I'm really just as happy to get one of them. But Kyler's the guy I'm targeting just because I feel like he's got the possibility to do what Lamar did last year. I think, did I say Lamar? I, I'm not backing up and fixing this, but I, mean, I meant to say Kyler Murray if I didn't. But Kyler's the guy where I feel like he could put it all together. And if he does, if they let him run a little bit more, if he has a little bit more success, and understand something, when it comes to Kyler Murray's running, the fact that they now are going to have a healthy Christian Kirk, and they're going to have a nuke out there running routes, this is going to help them extend that A dot a little bit. It's gonna, they're going to be able to send more players downfield that the defense cares about. There's going to be more holes, more room to run. He's... And, I'm not just talking about design runs. I'm talking about when he looks up, doesn't see what he wants, there's going to be more space. And Kyler is a smart quarterback. He's you know, he's not just some, some guy who runs around the field. He's a guy with good eyes, good technique. He could really smash if that offense gets rolling downhill, which will obviously to a large extent be because of him. The fantasy implications are just through the roof. So, you know, I know we had Rich Rebar in the pod. He's not quite as fired up as I am. Very good guy to get, you know, a, 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 a counterbalancing opinion from. But for me, this group is tight. But the guy I personally want to jump up and grab is Lamar. Okay, now, if he goes ahead and I've got Dak, that's great. Same thing with Russ or Deshaun. Okay, love all six of these guys. Very happy to have them as my quarterback. Now, you say, Pete, if these guys are so great and you want them so bad, why aren't you making a more definitive move to get them? Well, a couple reasons. First of all, I need to establish a running game and the top-end passing game before I start thinking about quarterbacks. I would really like to have, if possible, three running backs or at least two and two receivers or possibly three in the hopper before I start going at a quarterback. And again, the only and, and that's only if it's an elite quarterback. I'm not going to go take Roethlisberger just because I'm happy with my three running backs and two receivers or three receivers and two running backs, okay? I'm willing to break to an elite guy at that point only, all right? So 
Because ideally, I want to go in the sixth round to get like Hollywood Brown or DeAndre Swift or you know Dobbins or some guy who slips a little bit. I want to get one more potentially elite guy at a scarcity position before I start going at a single position. Okay, that's you know that's the way I do it. You know, if you have a slightly different approach, hey, you do you. I'm just trying to give you the warning. You know, the better your league is, the more you should be listening to what I'm saying right now. If you play in a gimme league, a hometown league where half the league are just a bunch of dopes who prepare the night before, you knowing your league, you can try some different things, particularly if you're smart and you can think on your feet. I'm not telling you not to do, you know, play horses for courses, and I'm not telling you not to know your league. Always know your league. But in your typical solid fantasy league, what I'm saying I think holds a lot of water. Now, let's go to the next guy on the list, okay? We know the elites. We've covered them. Everybody knows him. My top six is like pretty much everybody else's. Mahomes, Jackson, Murray, Prescott, Russ Wilson, Deshaun. Okay? It's the second four that I'm willing to pounce on in that sixth round. Now, if I get shut out on all these guys, no problem. I can go to Josh Allen. I can go to Carson Wentz. I tend to start looking for those guys ideally in the ninth, but if I'm in love, if I've got four receivers and four running backs and I'm just really happy about it, I might tap that quarterback there. Okay, I'm fine with that. Um, and that would be either Wentz or Allen. Now the next guy on the list, and you know, depending on the league I'm in, the format, I you know, when Cam Newton could be pushed up and out of the group, I've got Cam sort of in his own tier in the ninth spot. He's looking healthier. All the vibes coming out of camp now are starting to be positive. It's pretty clear he's got this job locked down. He, you know, look, the Patriots, they're not going to be a high-volume pass offense, I don't think. Not with Cam. Cam, I, I can't see any reason for them to not let him run. For Cam Newton to be Cam Newton, he needs to be running with the football, to be that dual threat, to just shake defenses up to their core so they don't know whether to shit or wind their watch. That's where things start working with Cam Newton. That's when things get loosened up, and now all of a sudden he's got bigger throwing windows, and you're getting passing stats and touchdowns to go with the running stats and the running touchdowns, and we're off to the races. If the Patriots can't unlock that paradigm, I'll be surprised. To me, the way Newton fails is if he gets hurt, there is that risk. We have that risk of the running quarterback. I'm willing to take it. And remember, I'm talking about taking Cam Newton probably somewhere in the 80s or 90s or later. So what's the risk of Cam Newton getting hurt if we take him there? It's not that high. And quarterback is an easily replaceable position. So the, And that's the whole point that I'm taking Newton in this spot is because I feel his ceiling is a lot higher than the other guys in this area. If the Patriots nail this thing and Cam hits for ceiling, he could absolutely be the QB1 for fantasy. And if you don't think that's true, don't take him. But I'm telling you, if they nail this thing, Cam's got the potential to shoot way up the board numbers-wise. Okay, now, that's nine quarterbacks off the board, all right? 75% of the starters in a typical fantasy league, right? And we're only like 11 minutes into this podcast, which is good, because really I want this one to be about 30 minutes if I can handle it, if I can make it happen. Um, now, nine QBs off the board, there are still like... Not 20, but I mean, there's like 18, 17 really solid QBs left. We're just not going to get shut out at this position. Matt Ryan, don't think it's a particularly good team. Think he's going to be in a lot of shutouts. Think he's going to throw for high volume, but no foot points. Got to remember that. And he's a, he's a declining athlete. We got to remember that. And if the pass protection doesn't hold, we could have a problem. So New, uh, Ryan's got great targets. Obviously, he processes the game well. There's a lot we like about him for fantasy, but there are some problems, which is why I have him down in the 10 hole. 
Next up is Joe Burrow. And again, now Matt Ryan's a guy, I'm not taking where I take Cam Newton, by the way. Now we're looking at a teardrop. Once Newton's off that board, I should have already said this, once Newton's off that board, for me, and now look, in your league, they're probably not going to go with my one through nine. In, in your league, probably some of the guys that I haven't mentioned yet have already been taken because people take quarterbacks early and people take backup quarterbacks way too early, okay? But... And again, depends on your league. If your league roster is just a freaking F ton of players, you may need a backup quarterback, okay? Uh, you know, all leagues are different. I get that. Now, back to Matt Ryan. So for me, Matt Ryan is a few rounds after Newton, okay? I'm not really getting into the, you know, the quarterbacks 10 and deeper until, you know, over 100 quarterbacks are off the board, okay? Um, now... One second here, excuse me, messing around with my sheet. Uh, and you'll see, you know, I've got Matt Ryan ranked around 100 right now. He's going to be falling down a little bit, down around where Burrow and Stafford are. Now, let's talk about Burrow, all right? Why is Burrow so high? It's pretty simple. First of all, I like almost every place he's going to throw the football. I think he's going to get a lot of value-added points from all completed passes, whether they're to Mixon or whether he completes one to John Ross or A.J. Green or T. Higgins or, you know, Tyler Boyd, he's got, you know, or Geo, he's got a lot of people who can help him after the catch. He's got a lot of people who will get open on their own. This is a good thing for a smart quarterback, which Burrow is. But he's also mobile, young, um, and we've seen the last couple of years these young quarterbacks tend to run. So I think Burrow is going to supplement the arm points with some foot points. I think Cincinnati's going to be behind quite a bit. Uh, and I think we could see a really big rookie output from Burrow. He may be better as rookie year than he is in subsequent years. Again, because I think he's going to run a lot this year. Okay, So the thing with Burrow is I'm not taking him anywhere near where I have him ranked. I'm putting him at 11 just to show you I think he's got that type of output potential. But he's going much later. I'm looking to take Burrow down where I'm taking guys like, you know, Jones and Goff and Tannehill and Bridgewater, you know, he's going to be on the board late. But I'm putting him up there to show you that my QB 11, you know, is available at a value. Just, again, to show that waiting a quarterback can really work. Stafford, next guy on the board. Uh, also a guy, I've got him ranked at 102, but I'm not taking him there. I'm really not. I mean, I'm, I'm, I, I'm once I get shut out of my top nine QB targets. I am going to let these guys fall to me. So Stafford, as much as I think he's got some really good targets and I think they're going to be aggressive downfield, he's not something I'm going to jump up to pay for. Drew Brees, maestro of the offense, process as well as anybody, could have a big year. Maybe Brees is even the QB one, uh, you know, something outrageous for a guy his age. But I'm not going to bank on it and I'm not going to pay for it because I don't think I need to. Baker Mayfield, much easier schedule this year. Really wonderful targets to throw the football to. He's mobile. Um, lots of potential for Mayfield to have a big year. But am I going to pay for that? No. If he falls to me, I'm happy to get him. Aaron Rodgers, same thing. Hall of Famer. Maybe the GOAT for all we know. But he's playing in an offense that's not as QB fantasy friendly, and I'm not going to pay big for him. Solid guy. If he's my starter, I'm fine with that. But I'm not jumping up. Roethlisberger. If Roethlisberger was 100% and we hadn't seen him breaking down over the last couple years, 
I would nudge him up. I'd probably put him behind Cam if he was still giving us the old Roethlisberger foot points and he was still indestructible. But we're not getting those foot points anymore. He is now destructible. So he has to stay healthy to pay off. Um, and we haven't seen him throw. I mean, the reports out of camp are pretty good, but I haven't seen it. So Roethlisberger, if he falls to me, great, but I'm not jumping up. Tom Brady, <laughs> Hall of Famer, all-time great, unbelievable weapons. I've got him ranked as a guy who's probably going to be pretty good, but I have my doubts. I think against tougher defenses, this team might get stressed. I don't know how well they're going to protect Tom Brady, and Tom Brady without protection at age 43 is a problem, okay? So if you feel really confident on Brady, if you're buying into what's going on down there, God bless you. My advice is don't lean into it. Let him fall to you. Same thing with Daniel Jones. We all got excited about Daniel Jones last year. Good-looking young quarterback. Has a lot of talent around him. Definitely plenty of ways this thing could go right. But the coordinator from last year is gone. They brought in Jason Garrett, who is not as imaginative as I would like him to be. I am concerned that via scheme, Jones becomes less, Jones becomes less fantasy-friendly. So he's another guy where I like the upside, I like the talent, but he's going to fall to me or he's not going to be mine. Jared Goff, we've seen him do really well. He's been a guy who's finished up with the QB1s in his career most of the time. Not as rookie year, obviously. You know, is Goff a guy I'm willing to roll with? Sure. Am I going to jump up and take him at 100? No way. No way. Same thing with Tannehill. Showed us so much last year. But he plays on a team that loves to kill clock. I'm not going to pay for Ryan Tannehill. Teddy Bridgewater, maybe my favorite value quarterback on the board. He's a guy where I'm just willing to wait the whole thing out, let 20 quarterbacks get taken, and I'll just take Bridgewater. And if somebody punks me on Bridgewater, I'll take Kirk Cousins. Because Kirk Cousins is now leading a Gary Kubiak offense with plenty of weapons. I think they're probably going to, their throwing volume is going to get an uptick. Jimmy Garoppolo, the guy was in the Super Bowl last year. He plays on maybe the best team in the NFL. And, he, and, you know, once the weapons come back, I think Garoppolo could really do some things. And he's now healthier than he's been in a while. Drew Locke, I think it's going to be a little bit of a slow start for Denver. By the way, we're at QB 24 now. Drew Locke can start for me. He can start for me. I think at some point this year, Denver has a chance to click and be really good. Maybe Locke could be a fantasy guy. Locke has mobility, by the way. He could give us some foot points. And we have to sort of see it shake out. But the physical ability to do it is there. Sam Darnold, good quarterback. You know, Jets are probably going to be trailing a lot. The gaze factor you know, keeps him down here. Gardner Minshew plays for Jacksonville. That keeps him down here, but he could be throwing a lot. Derek Carr, Las Vegas, he could be in a lot of shootouts, right? Phillip Rivers. Phillip Rivers is a great quarterback. No mobility, and he plays on a team that likes to kill clock, so I've got him down low, but these are functional quarterbacks who can be in your lineup. Tyrod Taylor, I've got him at 29 because I don't know how long he can hold down the gig, but he's going to be a guy who's running around, and for all we know, he might be putting up good numbers. Um, and then when you get down in here to what some people would probably consider the dregs, you know, I've got Taysom Hill is here sort of as a placeholder, just so you guys know. If he has uh, multi-positional ability in your leagues, he has some value. Now, I've got him listed as a quarterback, you know, but Taysom Hill is sort of a special guy that you need to evaluate based on the rules in your league. Um, Trubisky is listed above Foles because he runs, and I think for fantasy purposes, he probably score more points. Justin Herbert is a guy, like if you're in a 2QB league and you've got a late back-to-back -back pick and Tyrod Taylor and Herbert are on the board, you lock down a QB spot. That's pretty valuable, and those guys both have the ability to run. Uh, there's just a lot of good quarterbacks out there. And we're not, I'm, I'm, think of all these guys who could end up being in play at some point, who could be like 
fantasy monsters for all we know. What would Jameis Winston be um, running the Saints offense? Could be really good. What happens if Marcus Mariota gets in there via injury and they let him run? How about Jalen Hurts in Philadelphia's offense? Now all of a sudden they've got a guy who's putting, you know, giving you five foot points a week. Tons of guys out there who could end up having an impact. This is a very, very deep position. Um, and it's deep for fantasy because so many guys have jobs that are just sort of locked down. Not a lot of not a lot of QB competitions in the NFL right now for starting positions. So QB is just deep as all get out. Um, my advice is to sit there and as long as a guy you like is on the board longer than he should be, go for it. But just and we've I talked about this um, with Lord Reeves. Uh, on the podcast, and I've talked to you guys about this a million times. When you're dealing, and, and again, we're not talking super flex here, we're talking single QB leagues. The longer you hold off on your quarterback, the more impactful that quarterback pick is going to be. If you can wait until the other, you know, positions where there's, you know, uh, you know, scarcity in the availability, right? If you wait for those things to start coming down. The value is not there anymore. Now we're taking, you know, wild swings at upside. And you can then take your quarterback, and it's a really good one, like a Cam Newton or a Wentz or an Allen. That's when you can jump in on one of those guys. And you make that heavy pick in, you know, the 8th, ideally the ninth or 10th. That's a really good feeling. When you've got 8 or 9 guys you love, and then you take your quarterback, and it's somebody you feel good about, that's winning. <laughs> that's what winning feels like. Trust me. And the tight end is the same kind of thing. Okay. Now, let's just move over to super, Superflex just for a second. In Superflex, obviously, we start taking all these guys sooner. Um, the, the, the six elite quarterbacks, all viable in the first two rounds. Um, the next three guys jump up into that next realm. I mean, the top 20 quarterbacks are all going probably inside the first five or six rounds. But even in a league like that, there are guys who are staying on the board, like Bridgewater and Locke and Darnold, um, Derek Carr. Uh, you know, I mentioned the two um, quarterbacks from the Chargers. If you can get both of the Bear guys, if you can get either one of the Bear guys late enough, you know, lots of QB value out there. Um, you know, and I, you know, if you get Wentz in a two QB with your last pick, you grab a guy like Jalen Hurts. Um, it, there's a lot of strong backups. There's tons of depth at the position, um, and I think patience is going to be, you know, is really going to be rewarded at quarterback this year. Okay, sitting here at about 23 minutes right now. You gotta love it. Uh, I'm going to get you guys out of here. Um, I'm going to come in tomorrow and do the running backs. Uh, I might end up posting the tight ends tomorrow as well. Probably come back uh, on Thursday. Um, early in the morning and do the receivers and have that stuff all up before midday on Thursday so you guys have a chance to listen to the stuff you need to listen to. Um, for those of you who are longtime Rotobonders, I mentioned this in the Rotobon 500, but we're still a donation site. We don't have any revenue if you guys don't contribute. So if you're someone who likes the site, donate to the site. <laughs> It'll help the site continue to exist. Um, for those of you who are new, um, you know, we roll that, you know, look, we want to prove it to you. We don't want you to, you know, sites are like, give us a hundred bucks and then you'll find out how good we are. We're not like that. Um, so if you're new, check out Rotobon, use it. Uh, and at the end of the year, if we helped you out, then you can help us out. Anyway, that's going to do it for the QB pod. Hopefully, um, this gave you an idea into how I'm looking at these quarterbacks. But again, the most important thing is to be patient. 
do not go quarterback when you've got other compelling values on the board. You're just never going to run out. And the longer you wait, the bigger the potential value is. It's another thing that you have to remember. You can't steal a guy without waiting. You don't steal quarterbacks in the sixth round. It doesn't really work that way. All right, folks. Thank you for listening to the Quarterback Pod. I'm going to be coming back tomorrow with the Running Back Pod, as I said. Um, And, uh, you know, this has just been a crazy year. I know that. It's really cool that right now, whether the NFL is fudging the data or not, it looks like we're going to have a season or at least the start of one, um, which means we're going to have drafts. So at least we get to have fun and have a fantasy draft. Uh, My seasonal league that I've been running since 1997 this is the first time we're not doing a live in-person draft, but we're going to do a Zoom draft and have some fun with it. Uh, hopefully you guys are doing that kind of thing too. Um, so read up, get into the 500. Uh, cheat sheets are coming very soon, maybe today, maybe tomorrow, certainly before Thursday. Um, and uh, we're going to crush some drafts this year, all right? So giddy up. We'll see you soon. Well, we'll see you tomorrow. Um, and if you have any questions about this material, hit me up on Twitter, uh, and I will try to uh, clear whatever it is up. All right, folks, be good. Giddy up.
How does it feel? 